Thank you. Thank you very much. I have more time than I thought I was going to, so we're going to do something. I, I'm pulling it out, but we're going to do something a little different. I'm glad. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I had a great Thanksgiving. Not everybody, though, has a great Thanksgiving. I have a friend who I work with. She had a child that died eight years ago, and it's been very, very hard. And this was the first year that she actually felt like celebrating Thanksgiving. And so make sure that you take the time to hug somebody. I, I'm kind of like the living Olaf do you guys know who Olaf is? Because I like warm hugs. <laughs> you know that. If you, you know, I like warm hugs. So take the time to reach out to somebody. We're going to talk more about that today um, as the holidays are here. For some people, ho the holidays are great, and they love it, and it's a celebration. And they've been listening to Christmas music since, after since right after Halloween. And then there are some who just can't even bear to listen to it at all, right? So, step forward and love somebody. Like JR said, we have been spending the last couple of weeks in, uh, we've been talking about Ephesians, and we've been talking about turning our right beliefs into action. And JR has done an awesome job encouraging us to live out the way of Jesus from our minds into mission. He used this verse. I have to get this out here. He used this verse multiple times. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, and so deceiving yourself. And then John Meek, two weeks ago, our brother from Spokane, church planner, spent time in Ephesians talking about how we let God transform us with the free gift of grace into action and living out the mission. Now, what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to say the same thing, but I'm going to say it a little bit differently. What we're going to do is we're going to look through the prism. I'm a graphic designer, so I made this graphic. This graphic right here. Jesus is the source of our saving faith. Then Jesus transforms and activates my life so that my actions prove my faith. Actions, another word that the Bible uses, are works or are fruit. We're going to look at three different passages from three different authors. They're, they say the same thing in just a different way. Okay, so the first passage that we're going to look at is from Paul. But before we do that, what I want you to do is I want you to flip in your Bible to John chapter 15. And we're going to look specifically at what Jesus says. But before we do that, I'm going to put up here some words on the screen. And we're going to read them together from Paul. So, I did this a few months ago. I did this this summer. And I'm going to look for a volunteer to read something on the screen for me. Now, I know, are the Bantams back there? Oh, oh Anna, do you want to do it again? She does. Okay, come on up here, Anna. Anna's going to read for us from Ephesians chapter 2. This is exactly what J.R. Uh, just spoke about. He didn't know. He didn't know we were going to read this either. Go ahead, Anna. 
but God began um, beginning rich in mercy because of the great love with, um, with which he loved us, even we're, when we were dead in our trespass, trespasses, um, made us alive together with Christ. But grace you have been, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in our coming ages he might show the in, um, immeasurable riches, riches of his grace and kingdom, kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his work workmanship, um, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Could you give her a hand? Great job, Anna. Look what she just read. She just read, we were saved. We were dead in our sins. And then Jesus transformed us so that we would do good works. Jesus is the source of our faith. And then he transforms and activates my life. And my actions prove my faith. Which one of the fruit girls wants to read next? <laughs> they pointed at each other. Neither? Do you want to? You... All right, Katie. James, James 2. Go ahead. Okay. Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen one of those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? What good is it, my brothers, if someone says they have faith but does not have works? Can God save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, if faith by its so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe that and shudder. For as, part, or for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Well done, Katie. Jesus is the source of our saving faith, and then he transforms and activates my life, and my actions prove my faith. And now let's go to John chapter 15. That was James the brother, half-brother of Jesus. Here's Jesus himself through the words of John. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this encouragement, knowing that you are the one who gives us our salvation. It is not of our own doing. And in turn, how we respond matters. God, would you speak to us today and convict us? God, let your words ring in our heart that we would step forth in the fullness of the Christian life. Amen. Jesus is the source of our faith. Jesus activates and transforms my life. My actions prove my faith. Now what I want to do is I want to take this, I want to superimpose this over the graphic of a vine. Here's what Jesus was talking about. He is the source of his people, the producing branches, he activates us in order to produce the fruit. He chose to bear fruit through us. So we'll go back to this main graphic here again. And what I want to do is I want to... Okay, let me, let me just say this. I have a tendency as a father to repeat myself when I'm giving an instruction to a child. You know, teachers do this, etc. What ends up happening is you say something to them, and then you restate it a different way, which is the exact same thing that you already said. Speakers have a tendency to do this. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put a statement, some, some observations about John chapter 15 without commentary. I'll read them, put the verse up there, and let you look at them and say, oh yes, that is true. Jesus is the source of our faith. Jesus' followers must abide in him in order to live a complete or obedient life. It is expected that Jesus' followers will bear fruit. Those who claim to be Jesus followers that do not bear fruit will be cast away. Or in his words, taken away, thrown into the fire, and burned. God will allow hard things in our lives in order that we bear more fruit. Our works prove that
that we are really Jesus' disciples. These works, even though they are hard, bring real joy. I confess that I have fallen into the trap that all we really need to have, to re- what we really need to be good Christians, obedient Christians, are true ideas. That if we just absorb enough doctrinal truth, our lives will be transformed into true disciples of Jesus. However, just hearing the word and right ideas about reality and life and the Bible and Jesus does not mean, according to Jesus, that I am walking in the full life of kingdom living that God has for me. Me standing up here and relaying to you doctrinal truth is good. But it does not mean that you will be activated into the life of what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus. I'm going to be clear. I'm going to put this up here again. It is not enough to only have true ideas and right beliefs. That is not, those are not my words. Those are Jesus' words. I'll state that one again. It is not enough for you to come on a Sunday morning, absorb truth, and do nothing with it. That is only a part of the Christian life, the way of Jesus. There is more to being a disciple of Jesus than just believing. We do a really good job at believing. But for most of us, we ignore or unaware of the other two components of the Christian life. Abiding and doing. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at the fullness of living a life of being a disciple of Jesus. We cannot just stop at right belief. We have to move into abiding and doing. Okay, let's define abiding. It simply means oneness with Jesus. Abiding is being in him. It's receiving from him. It means that without Jesus, you can't go on living. It looks like this. Connection with Jesus. Dependence on Jesus. Continuance. You've got to keep going, doing it over and over with him. And so how do we do that? It's going to require growth. Abiding means growth. It's required. It's the opposite of stagnation. It's the antithesis of apathy. So a question that I would ask myself, two questions, one on one side, one on the other. Am I living my life like Jesus doesn't matter? That I could go a day, multiple days, a week without even having a thought about him or to him. And I confess that that has happened to me. I've gone a day, multiple days, without even thinking about Jesus. That's not abiding. 
Or am I purposely and intentionally taking steps in my life that are moving me toward oneness with the living God? In everyday life, moving toward oneness with God means that I am participating in spiritual practices. We need spiritual practices, and I'm going to define what that looks like in just a minute, in order to grow, to form our identity, to transform my mind to be like that of our master. We need spiritual practices so that our minds are not conformed to the world's ideas of right and wrong, but rather our minds are transformed to be that of like Jesus. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. What are some spiritual practices? These are some spiritual practices. Now, we have talked, we talked earlier this fall, JR did a great job talking about Sabbath. And what is Sabbath? Sabbath is rest. It's taking a step back in order to refocus on Jesus so that we can move forward in our work. So, for many of us, we heard JR's words and we incorporated them into our life. Or we tried, we started. But for many of us, we heard nice words, and we did nothing with it. The key to spiritual practices, in order to abide with Jesus, you actually have to do them. That is That, that, that sounds really simple, but you actually have to do them. In order to you to get the right thinking from your brain to your heart, right, belie- right beliefs require you to live a life that requires action on your part. Okay, so how many of you golf? Okay, Jeremiah golfs. He's the only one that golfs. We live in Montana. Okay, I would ask how many of you hunt, but you're all gone. You're out hunting right now. Unless you're good, unless you're a good hunter. Oh, that was. Mm, he brought that down. Okay. Hunting, golf. Okay. Here's here's the deal. I, and I know this, Russell. Russell. And here's Jay back there. Okay. So we'll use hunting instead of golfing. Okay. You can watch. YouTube videos on how to hunt. You can buy the right gun. You can kind of stake out or look on the internet and see where's a good spot. You can get your permit, all that stuff. But until you actually go out there and actually hunt, you have no idea what you're doing. Okay? Is that, is that true, Jay? That's true. He's not his head yes. Okay. You actually have to do, you actually have to do, to move in from the knowledge to the muscle memory that it requires you in order to know what to do. Okay. You have to keep doing So again, with golf, 
You can learn how the stance, the posture, the swing, all you need to do to learn how to golf, but until you actually go out and do that, you have to rewire your your body, your central nervous system, to get into your muscle memory so that your body does the right things without actually having to think about it. I teach... um, I teach a web and graphic design class at Carroll College. And one of the things that we talk about in our class is something called the gap. The gap is the distance from where you are now to where you want to be. Okay? So, in other words, my students start designing things, they start creating things, and they put something out there and they say, This looks like garbage. I want it to look like this. How do I get from here to here? How do I close the gap? The gap requires you to do some to do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over until you begin to close the gap. You cannot close the gap just by wishing for your gap. You cannot close the gap if you're wanting to abide with Jesus by having the head knowledge and doing nothing about it. It's what James and Paul and Jesus were all talking about. Dallas Willard said that you know you've reached maturity if you naturally do what Jesus would do and you don't even think about it. You have the character qualities in your life when people look at you on the outside and go, wow, that guy is so Jesus-y. That's not a a word I made that up. That guy is so Jesus-y. Congratulations, Tyler. You, you, you're just so humble. And Tyler says, I didn't even know that I was humble. Because he's been walking for years and years in humility. It just becomes incorporated into his life. I want to prioritize spiritual formation in your life. We want to help you form your identity in Jesus. To walk with you, to encourage you, to abide in Jesus even create some avenues for you to begin these practices and incorporate them in your life. Like I said, we could stand up here and talk about them, but I'm putting myself on the hook. I'm putting our elders on the hook. I'm putting our leaders on the hook. It's really important for us to walk with you to show you how to do these things, to show you how to practice Sabbath and to give you and have accountability with you as well. Again, you have to do these things. Okay, so here are some examples of things that you could do. You could get up an extra 15 minutes early each day and read a psalm. Well, what does that do? Well, let's keep going. Each time you open the fridge, you thank God for all the provision in your life. Using the car... That time that you spend in the car, rather than turning on the radio or listening to podcasts or whatever, just shut everything off and pray. Prioritizing Sabbath. Maybe it's even you get up on a Saturday morning and you don't do anything until 2 p.m. You just rest. You just rest. For what? We'll talk about that in a minute. How about giving a granola bar to each homeless person that you see on the street? And using that time to pray for them and for yourself. Or how about this one? You walk into the bathroom and you close the door and you sit down. And what's the first thing that you do? Besides that bodily function. What's the first thing you do? 
you pull out your cell phone, don't you? Don't, don't deny it. I know you do, okay? Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. And the other, the other thing too is, have you ever tried that, have you ever looked at that screen or that app that says how much screen time you're having in that week? Oh my goodness. I don't have time to get up an extra 15 minutes. I don't have time. Yes, you do. Look at your screen app. Yes, you do. You have time. So, what's all this abiding for? To gain spiritual practices so we can feel good about ourselves. No. Spiritual practices are not holy in of themselves. I don't read the Bible every day in order to check it off a list. I don't read the psalm. Oh, good, I read the psalm. God is pleased with me. I don't fast to lose weight, and I don't observe Sabbath so I can be less anxious. Those are all good things. They're all nice byproducts. But spiritual formation is meant for something more. Abiding, according to Jesus, is actually not for you. Let's keep reading. This is my commandment, verse 12, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Abiding isn't for you. Abiding is for others. Hmm. Abiding therefore requires or necessitates doing. We abide in Jesus in order to serve others. We take Sabbath in order to rest and therefore walk into the lives of others. We pray in order that God would be glorified in the lives of others. We are generous in order that others may be blessed and helped. This is what James and John and Paul and Jesus are all saying. If you stop at your Bible time or right belief or telling people on social media that they're wrong and if they just believed the right thing, if that's what you stopped at, do you know what James says? He says, your faith is dead. It's worthless. It's incomplete. It's a shriveled up branch ready to be cut off and thrown into the fire. Abiding in Jesus is for others. Bible study is for others. Prayer is for others. Spiritual practices and formation are meant so that we can love and serve and bless others. Our faith mirroring Jesus is other-focused. That is the antithesis of the American culture. We are a very individualistic culture where we focused on me. If you are walking with Jesus and want to walk with Jesus, it's not about you. It's about other people. So what does that mean to me? 
means, Jeff, you gotta get in the game. No more sitting on the sidelines. It means that if you say that Jesus is the priority in your life, you're going to have to give up other things in your schedule in order to pursue the things that you say matter to you. So, in 2022, we are not going to be, when I say we, I mean the elders of this church and the leaders of this church, we're not going to be afraid to ask you to get into the game to ask you to be other-focused. We want you to get back in the game. Get back into the game of bearing fruit. Get into the game of being other-focused. Making being a disciple of Jesus a priority. We do, want, and we do want you to ask us, what can I do? How can I bear fruit? How can I, how can I launch out with my faith? Okay, so I had this, I was just thinking, I'm like, what, what do we do here? What does Mount Helena, what, what are we apart? Well, we are, we're very community-centered and mission-focused. Okay, so I made a list. It's not a complete list, but it looks like this. Okay, so I, first of all, I'd just like to say, I made this in Google Slides, and it, it will look great in Google Slides, but then when it converted over to PowerPoint, it just screwed up. So just ignore that. Don't judge me. Okay. Practical ministry. There's lots of stuff going around here. We need teachers. We are involved in marriage and parenting. So I'm going to put myself out there. I want to let you know that in 2022, we have a major marriage and family initiative that's going to be launching. Okay? We have a major one. And we're going to be coming to you. And I'm going to ask for help. I might need your help for help. And it's not just a major for us. It's for the community. Okay? So that's going to mean that we're going to need all hands on deck. I might need to come to you and ask you, do you think you could watch some kids? Because there's a marriage struggling. Would you be willing to watch these kids on this evening so that they could go out? All right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Jenny, Jenny's in. Good job, Jenny. All right. <clears throat> Worship and media. It takes people to be up here. It takes people to do in the back. There's a slide that goes by like every week. And it says, we need media. Nick, Nick is asking for media volunteers. Guess how many volunteers we get? Zero. Okay. So some of that's going to require, it's on me. It's on JR. It's on Tyler, Corey, and uh, Jason as well as some of our leaders, to approach you and to ask you. But one of the things that we need you to do is say yes. Okay? We need you to say yes. And then you're like, oh, I don't know anything about media. Are you kidding me? I'm 70 years old. I don't know anything about media. I, I don't even know how to turn a computer on. That's okay. We'll find somebody else. There's other things that you can do. Okay? <laughs> Prayer team. We need people on the prayer team. I'm going to put a plug for the prayer team. They're going to be up here after the service. They're not going to be up here after the service. Never mind. Jen, if Jen, if you want to pray, pray with Jen, right? Here she is. Jen's going to pray with you. Okay? Okay, we have, we have a prayer team, and we need people to pray for others. Okay? For why? For you? No. For others. Prayer is other-focused. We need people with our children's ministry. We need help. 
We really do need help. Um, we are going to pump back up in 2022 our youth programs. Okay, I'm really, really grateful. I'm going to put, he's not here today, he's in Missoula. Uh, my friend Taylor has stepped up to lead the youth. And we asked him, and he said yes. Okay? So I'm really, really grateful for Taylor and all of our youth volunteers. Uh, Christine, I'm thankful for Jess Johnson. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, um, the Barbagellos. Uh, I'm just really grateful for them. Young adults, first impression, finance, sexual integrity, conferences. There's going to be the things that we're going to be looking at and wanting to do. Okay, mission and outreach. Paul Simpson, he's coming. He's coming here on the 12th. JR said it. I'm going to say it again. Prioritize to be here. If you've got something going on the 12th, no, you don't. You're here. You need to be here. Tell your friends, everybody who's out hunting right now, tell your friends you need to be here. We want to meet him because we want to find out how are we going to partner with him? How are we going to move forward with Paul Simpson? How are we going to invest into him? How, you would not believe the stuff that he's got going on in South Africa. They're planting churches like nuts. But you know what they need? They need help. They need money. They need resources. And we want to do that with him, don't we? Yes, we do. Okay, But we also want to focus on what's going on here in Helena and locally. We want to get involved with nonprofits. My friend Ben is really involved, Ben Rivers, he's really involved with Habitat for Humanity. Okay, There are lots of nonprofits and, and organizations. Do you have a heart for a specific nonprofit here in Helena that you really want to get other people involved? Let us know. It's time for us to get back in the game. It's time. It's time for us to not be me-focused. It's time for us to be other-focused. Not just here, but out there. Okay? Lots of mission involves. We want to get out in the schools. We want to get out into the government. We want to do, do stuff. Okay? And then our community. We also need people. You know, somebody had a baby, and we want to provide maybe like seven meals for them. Would you sign up for that? Okay, um, being involved in baby showers and uh, weddings and funerals, visiting people in the hospital and their homes, helping people move. That is kind of ending for me. I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I still do, but I'm getting old. My back isn't as much. So, But I know that there are a lot of you that are younger and much more fit than me. Okay, and then fun. We want, to, we want our community to be super fun so that we enjoy one another and hang out and do all sorts of fun things together, go on vacations together, live life together. You know, we, I'm feeling really convicted for, for us um, that I need, to, I, I need to be out there with all of you. I mean, I try. Like I said, I like warm hugs, but that's not enough. Warm hugs isn't enough. Okay? It's being involved in all of your lives. Okay? We are salt and light in this community. Okay. So, if you haven't grabbed a box out there, you should grab a box. I'm not trying to guilt you. And by the way, when I, when I talk about all of this, I'm not just, you're like, oh, well, obviously he's talking to David Phillips. Because David Phillips needs to get, get in the game. Right, David? I'm not talking about David Phillips. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. Okay? I'm talking about all of us. You're not thinking about somebody else. You're thinking about you. Okay? How am I going to get involved? What am I going to do? How am I going to activate my faith so that I bear good fruit? Okay. Does anybody know what special day today is? And don't say, don't say Cyber Monday Eve. 
Okay, it's not Cyber Monday Eve. It's the first Sunday of Advent. Okay, when I was a kid, what Advent meant to me is that you got this paper box full of chocolates that you ate in one sitting. That was the entirety of Advent. I did not grow up in what they call <clears throat> high church, where we celebrated a lot of like church calendar type things. Yes, we celebrated Christmas and Easter and things like that, but that was what I celebrated. In our culture today, for Advent, really what Advent is to our culture is like the countdown, hallmark countdown to Christmas movies, poorly scripted movies, or the 25 beers of Christmas that you can get at Costco. Okay? That's, that's basically what Advent is. Okay, but that's not Advent. So, Advent was actually meant to be a church observant intended to facilitate spiritual practices. Again, it starts, it's the fourth Sunday from Christmas, and it means arrival or coming in Latin. It is meant for us to anticipate not only the coming of the birth of Jesus, remembering that, but also to remind us that Jesus is coming again. It facilitates our abiding in Jesus. And there's lots and lots of ways to observe Advent. Okay? This is kind of like your first, this is, one of, this is your first uh, homework assignment. What are you going to do for Advent? Okay? Here's some examples. There's, there, traditionally, there's this candle with, wreath, with this wreath with candles that you can light. Okay? Um, there's Advent calendars. These, these things over here, let's see, I have this thing. So turn it off. There it is. This thing here. These are called Advent blocks that you can use with your kids that you turn them around and they, they walk with you um, through the Advent season. Uh, you could pray with your family every day. You could take 10 minutes at lunch for the next four weeks, your hour lunch, take 10 minutes out of it and just pray. You could read the Christmas passages out of the Bible with your family or for yourself. This thing here on the right-hand side, this is called Jotham's Journey. It's a storybook for kids walking through the Advent season. There's a book of four. I love them. I couldn't recommend them highly enough. We go through them every four years. They're amazing. Regardless, the practices in and of themselves don't matter. What is the point? The point is for you to abide in Jesus through them. Okay? To abide in Jesus through them in order that you would bear fruit. So as you think of what you said today, what I said today, I want you to be thinking about what you are going to do in order to activate your life in abiding and stepping forward and doing it. Becoming a complete disciple of Jesus, believing, abiding, and doing, bearing fruit as we are branches connected to the vine. Let's stand. God, thank you for the reminder that you are with us and that you want us to be complete disciples of Jesus. God, would you, we ask for your blessing. We thank you for the true gift of salvation and for the prompting of the Holy Spirit working through us that we would abide and bear good fruit. Amen.